0: Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3.
1: Thanks for joining us on Prime Time. I'm Bharati Jagdish. Now, the world's nations are fighting an intense battle for the best workers or global talent. And Singapore has yet again been ranked the second best country to find them. We come just behind Switzerland, but ahead of 131 countries in the Global Talent Competitiveness Index this year. It was published last month, but people are still talking about it. So it is the only Asian state to actually make the European-dominated top 20 on the list. Now we've clinched second place every year since the index's first edition in 2013, except in 2020 when we slipped one spot. So still doing pretty well in that regard. But here's the thing when it came to talent retention, we were number 36. We'll talk more about all of these issues today with Dr. Bruno Lavin. He is distinguished fellow at INSEAD and co-author of the Global Talent Competitiveness Index 2022. He's also co-founder of the Portulans Institute at INSEAD. Hi Bruno, thanks for joining us.
0: Hello, good evening.
1: So, Bruno, first things first. I understand that you looked at various indicators. This year's study actually draws on 69 macroeconomic and country-level variables. It rates how countries attract overseas talent and how they help local workers with regulatory and business environments, as well as how countries groom workers through education and training. So why is it that in spite of the fact that Singapore ranks highly along these indicators, I still hear business people saying that they are facing skilled talent shortages?
0: Yes, uh, this is not a situation which is uh, particular to Singapore. It is something we see at the worldwide level. That is, after years during which there were uh, uh, big problems with unemployment all over the world, and especially in Western uh, uh, countries, in North America and in Europe, uh, right now we see the opposite. That is, we see that uh, in some professions, uh, talent is less than what employers would like to to see. This is very much linked to the changes in uh, in the world economy, what we call the future of work by which new professions do not receive the attention that they would sometime hope from the education system. The education system is faced with a challenge, which is to train people today for jobs of tomorrow that cannot even be defined. And on that front, Singapore has been doing rather well.
1: Right, always prepared, right, for the future. So it's not like we are perfect. We have problems too. We're just doing better than everyone else, than most other people, than most other countries, to be more specific.
0: Definitely. Perfection can be pretty boring. (laughs) Uh, If you fall short of perfection, it means there are areas on which you can still improve performance. Uh, With Singapore, it sounds tough because, as you just mentioned, Singapore has been number two for practically every single year since the creation of the index. Um, And uh, next year, we'll be celebrating the 10th anniversary of the index, which will underline the availability of long-time series. Uh, This is very important in terms of government, anticipation, identification of future trends. Uh, And when you look at what's happening in the area of artificial intelligence, of the way in which manufacturing is, is changing with industry 4.0 and many other areas. Uh, Indeed, the education system of Singapore has been able to adapt to this new reality which is not fully defined yet.
1: Mm, But clearly, much more needs to be done because, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, we too are suffering from talent shortages, skilled talent shortages. And of course, we're not doing as well as Switzerland. So what are the gaps here that we can improve on further?
0: Well, first, there are common points between Switzerland and Singapore. Both are small economies, uh, less than 10 million people. Um, and there they are countries, largely because of their size, who didn't have a choice. They had to play the game of globalization. They had to look at international trade, international investment, just to grow. Uh, people tend to forget that in 1850, Uh, which is uh, not so long ago. Uh, Switzerland was the poorest country in Europe. People were dying from hunger in the mountains. So the way in which uh, Switzerland has been able to mobilize their talents and to build an economy largely around talent is also pretty similar to uh, what Singapore uh, did after gaining independence from Malaysia. The harbor... Uh, related activities were not enough to create prosperity, and education, attracting talent, mobilizing talent has been at the core. So what can be improved? There are clearly factors which are cultural, and this cannot be changed easily. For instance, Switzerland has done very well on the front of apprenticeship. Apprenticeship is the principle by which If a kid with 14 or 15-year-old doesn't like school, they don't feel comfortable at school, they have an opportunity in Switzerland to go and get a job. But the specificity of the Swiss system is that the door to go back to formal education is never closed.
1: Mm -hmm. They can
0: go back and get an education when the taste comes back. And the best illustration of that is that uh, the Council of Ministers, uh, the Federal Council of Switzerland, which is composed of 15 members, has currently more than half of their members who come from that apprenticeship track.
1: Right, right. I mean, of course, the doors to return to formal education are open in a way in Singapore as well. You can always go into a private university setting to get your degree some years later, even if you are a mature student. But I think the problem arises because employers seem to be biased against individuals who've not followed a straight through type of track when it comes to their academic careers or their academic stints.
0: Yes, this is very true, but I would even go a bit further and say it's not just employers; it's society in general. Mm. Uh, I see that very much happening in Europe. Um, the, the phrase "school dropout" is not positively connotated. Yeah. Um, so uh, employers are afraid of people who have shown uh, some degree of instability. At the same time, they have to cope with instability. They have to cope with uncertainty because the new generation actually rely much more on gig economy, on non-horizontal hierarchies. They feel much more comfortable working for several employers part time at the same time, uh, which is not uh, the uh, was not the usual framework in which previous generations have been working.
1: Mm. What do you think it will take for a paradigm shift in a country like Singapore on such matters?
0: Well, Singapore has very big assets which make it very unique. Uh, first, it is a city-state. Uh, there are not so many around the planet. So the agility of cities can be uh, combined and married with the uh, the power of being a nation-state, with uh, a powerful sovereign funds, with uh, uh, uniformity and the way in which decisions are taken, with good governance and a good image. So there are, there's plenty on which Singapore can lean to actually... Uh, Improve its talent performance. Uh, But I would say that currently the geopolitical situation also calls for Singapore to play increasing roles on the global scene. Uh, it is in the South Asia Pacific region uh, which is going to be for a number of years the most dynamic region in the world. It will pull growth. Uh, even if China goes down a bit it will still remain ahead of other parts of the world. And the, the growing tension uh, around the China Sea and what's happening with, with Taiwan with other uh, countries in the region actually call for an increasingly important diplomatic role of Singapore. And Last but not least, because Singapore never had a choice uh, but play the game of globalization and being an internationalized economy, it can continue to play a leading role in promoting multilateralism, uh, international disciplines in trade and investment, uh, and that's uh, a role for which the, uh, a large part of the international community will be grateful.
1: Mm. And speaking of internationalization, Singapore recently introduced the One Pass to attract highly skilled expatriates. And when the government did this, the talk on the street went a little like this. You know, we have a world-class education system. Why is it that we need overseas talent still? Now, the authorities have explained, of course, that diverse experience and expertise... All of these things are necessary. And we must also bear in mind that if we just look at Singaporeans alone, we may not have enough numbers. I mean, the fertility rate here is still low. But what's your perspective on the need for international talent?
0: Yes, there are clearly three elements to consider. Uh, One is numbers, okay? When you're a small economy, uh, whatever the quality of your education system, you will never be able to produce enough talent for what you need, not only for your national. Uh, Economy, but for your uh, ability to export and to be competitive on global markets. So numbers have to be uh, considered as an unmutable reality there. The second one is the the fact that uh, today there is something called brain circulation, which is considered as a very big advantage in recruitment uh, by employers. In other words, if you have the choice between recruiting an engineer, who has been educated in Singapore who has been working for six to eight years, let's say, in various Singapore companies, and uh, the choice is between that person or somebody who has been partly educated in Singapore, maybe got a degree in the U.S., worked for two years in a European company, uh, spent a year in Africa, and now is back in Singapore, the choice will systematically go to the second person. That's, That's a new element because a brain that circulates is a brain that gets enriched. Mm. And of course, the third one is diversity, which is a major factor in innovation.
1: Here's the thing, though. You talked about how circulation is so important, right? So we have some Singaporeans, many Singaporeans, in fact, who've gone overseas and they have built up international experience that would be very beneficial to local companies. So how can we encourage those individuals to return and bring those benefits here?
0: The uh, This is a crucial problem for many economies. One very big example we had in the past was India. Indian trained engineers were recognized as very good, especially in coding and programming. And they were more busy establishing startups in California than excited about returning to India. When after the beginning of this century, the growth rates in India started to spring up, these people came back. So if there is enough business opportunity, career opportunity uh, in Singapore, and I mentioned before the dynamism of the whole region, people will come back because they will detect these opportunities.
1: We must talk about talent retention, Bruno, uh, because the study also showed that we don't rank very well when it comes to retaining talent. We were number 36. What are we doing wrong?
0: Well, retention is always a big challenge for a smaller economy uh, because a smaller economy cannot offer the variety of career opportunities that larger economies can. Uh, for instance, if, uh, let's imagine you are, I don't know, an African engineer getting a degree in, in Berkeley in artificial intelligence. You would say, I have plenty of opportunities in the US. I can do an AI type of startups, but maybe tomorrow I will meet somebody in the Valley who's uh, doing uh, you know, a med tech uh, endeavor or uh, something in education, and that will be my next business and my next startup. This is the uh, organized uh, engineered serendipity that we see in larger economies, especially around big uh, university uh, hubs. Singapore has very much of that. It has a lot compared to its size, but still, it cannot compete with, uh, you know, countries of population of 300 million with the uh, GDP per capita that the US uh, has. Um, so the uh, only way in which Singapore can compete on that ground and improve its retention uh, performance uh, is to continue doing what it has been doing. That is aligning its assets with what it anticipates to be the future. If we anticipate the future to be one in which younger generation will not be loyal to their employers they will want to work for several employers part-time they will want to protect their family work balance they will want to live in a nice cities that is seen as protecting the environment Uh, singapore has very very good cards to to play Uh, it is a highly connected uh, country it is a hub uh, in the world of growth Um, and it is also a country that has long recognized that the uh, way to retain talent has little to do with remuneration, with financial remuneration. It has to do with mutual recognition by peers it has to do with recognition by society that you are contributing positively so uh, the more foreign talents will have this impression that indeed uh, their presence is appreciated by the population uh, by the employers by the government the more tempted they will be to stay
1: how would the new way of working that many business people and many workers have become accustomed to influence how we discuss such issues in the future, you know where talent works, where talent lives it 's all becoming rather borderless these days if we 're talking about business interactions in general
0: definitely, and this is why the uh, the one pass uh, is critically important because I tend to see it as another facet of efforts that have been pursued in countries like Canada with their selective uh, immigration policies, um, or what other smaller countries like Estonia or Ecuador did with their e-passport. That is, they realized that physical presence has ceased to be a critical element. What you want to chase is talent contribution. So if you are highly connected, if your broadband is reliable, uh, you can perfectly afford that your talent might be in Malaysia, in Indonesia, or in the U.S. or in Canada. The time difference makes it a little bit more difficult to to manage, but it's still feasible. So we are in that Zoom kind of uh, economy, uh, whereby gigs, can be accepted with different employers in different geographies. That makes a big, big difference to the the future of work.
1: And I'm sure when we talk about this issue in the future, we will also be looking at it through the lens of how companies have evolved and how workers have evolved. And maybe those borders won't matter that much anymore. Thank you very much, Bruno. Dr. Bruno Lava, he is Distinguished Fellow at INSEAD and co-author of the Global Talent Competitiveness Index 2022. Also co-founder of the Portulence Institute at INSEAD. Thanks for joining us on Prime Time.